Welcome to Girl Geek X podcast, connecting you with insights from women in tech. I'm Angie, founder of Girl Geek X, and this podcast brings you the best of Girl Geek X events, dinners, and conferences, where we've been elevating women in tech for over 10 years. I'm Sukruta, CTO of Girl Geek X. And normally we have Gretchen, our COO of Girl Geek X, but she's out this week. And I'm Rachel, the producer of this podcast. And today we'll be talking about unconventional tech journeys. So how might this be relevant to our listeners? I think um, it needs to be made really clear that you don't have to have figured out in high school that you want to, you know, get a CS degree to ultimately end up in tech. There's so many, so many avenues to get in. There's, there's boot camps. People have uh, have come in who are self-taught. So um I, I feel like the barrier to entry has always seemed a bit high. And so today it's going to be really essential for us to be clear that that's not the only way to get into tech. You can, there are various ways you can get in and you can have lots of unconventional entries into tech. We find that at Girl Geek Dinners, um, every time a speaker talks about her unconventional journey um, and her career journey, people really like it. So it's really important to always bring it up because you'll be surprised at what other person's like, wow, me too. And really gets, you know, a thrill from hearing how all these women have come into their technology careers with these really exciting backgrounds from political science. Um, I was a social welfare and English major and other people who have, you know, done PhDs in things like astrophysics and like other disparate um, educations and paths to eventually come to work in something that we now call tech. Actually, Angie, you and I have a friend who got into um, a tech job just because she participated in a hackathon and she won. And then she wasn't previously in a tech career until then. And with the hack, winning the hackathon, she got an opportunity to interview at Facebook. Um, and she prepared for the interview, passed the interview, ended up working as an engineer um, and then ultimately ended up, you know, moving into product management as a technical product manager that, you know, uh, seeing that journey up front or hearing about that journey up front really made me feel like there's so many ways and so many ways to find success in tech. Absolutely. I think I've always met so many people who have learned to code um, in their twenties and thirties and, found it thrilling and um, continue to do really fun, innovative things like start companies, build fun apps. And I guess now we call it work as a software engineer, making lots of money. But um, for a while, it's more about like it was um, just something we did because it was fun. I was especially intrigued when I would meet the students at Hackbright when they would do these really fun projects. Um, all because they so badly wanted to learn to code. And I think that motivation and that energy that they brought made it so inspiring for people who had gotten into tech, like me, gotten into tech with a more traditional journey. Um, you know, because with tech, you very quickly get out of date. Uh, what was the hottest new programming language yesterday is like, you know, <laughs> very quickly replaced or there's an updated version of it that if you don't constantly stay on top of it and study it, you can very easily be replaced. So that that experience of interacting with people who, you know, previously were working in Whole Foods as like the checkout person and now 
uh, working in a company as a Python programmer really put things in perspective? I think unconventional tech journeys, my favorite one that comes to mind is I met a woman um, who was coming back to work um, after raising kids for a while and she was contracting and then I found out that she worked was got a job at Intel and became a director of marketing for Intel AI. And now she was recently promoted to VP. And That's I find awesome. that very inspiring because um, you always hear about women leaving tech or leaving. That's the rumor. The idea is that women will leave to like have their kids, but they do come back and they are completely capable of doing so and succeeding. So I'm really thrilled that she was able to show me that you can have, you know, grown kids and come have a returnship without necessarily applying for and doing a returnship program. She just did it on her own. Yeah, with like uh, online tools like um, Khan Academy and Code Academy and all of these other tutorials online, it makes it so much easier to sort of um, get access to content so you don't have to sit in a classroom necessarily and you know back in the day we used to think we needed to buy these tech books and programming books but because it changes so often all of these online tutorials also get updated and if you weren't already a javascript programmer you can you know you can through practice you can actually become one without necessarily getting into a classroom like I said however I do want to say that you know, companies are also slowly changing their requirement. It used to be so strict that you had to have a bachelor's degree in computer science at least. Um, but now, you know, the focus is quite a bit on um, have you have you done projects or have you done anything that showcases that you have the skills before they even bring you on site to interview you. People would be, you know, um, not even given the opportunity to showcase their skills in the past and things are getting better for sure. Although we have a long way to go. Yeah. And I also, I think there's um, com big companies like Google that, you know, used to think that you needed a degree in computer science and now have changed their ways. And unfortunately it seems like there's a lot of startups that were like, Oh, we also need to look for the degrees and such. And now hopefully people really realize um, that the studies that say that, I hope there are studies because I'm pretty sure this is the case. We all know this by, we know if you know people at all, you'll know that people are very um, adaptive and will succeed. Um, even if they come from different backgrounds. Um, when I was uh, running a mentorship program at Hackbright, I was talking to a lot of the mentors and I would look at their backgrounds because I would look at their LinkedIn's to make sure they were like adequate to be a mentor. I realized there was Quite a number of our senior software engineers and all the engineering leaders that were industry workers who didn't have a CS degree. And um, it's a quite large number. So it would be a little hypocritical to say now that you need a CS degree when all you do is you need to know how to code um, and just be given a chance to succeed. And I think there's something we said about pointing out, if possible, in a very nice way when people are giving white men chances to, to succeed when we could be giving similar leaps of faith to women and people of color. Um, I think that's the, there's something to be said about that. You see a lot of implicit bias happening in who gets promoted and who gets hired. So this leads really well into our quote from Carol Chen, 
She shared some stats on how many people work in fields related to their degree during our dinner with Ground Truth, where she's the director of engineering. I have my bachelor in architecture. And when I get here, uh, I start to check out a few architecture firm. I talk to the architect in, the, in those firm and find out what they were doing mostly are uh, residential expansions. So to me, that doesn't sound very exciting. <laughs> so I was thinking, what should I do? But to me, internet and computer science, that's an exciting industry. So I was thinking computer science is the area I want to try. I went back to school and got my master in computer science. I was talking with some ladies during the dinner, and one of the ladies was talking about she was thinking about making a career move. So I want to talk about a few points here. Um, I think there's a study shows only 27% of the college graduate work in the area that directly related to their college degrees. I want to ask how many people here are working in the area that is not directly related to your degree. Wow. <laughs> Looks like the number definitely sounds true. So what are the things that you want to consider before you jump into a different area? So I think there are two questions you want to ask yourself. What is your strength and what is your interest? Ideally, you can find an area where your interest is and use your strengths, that's ideally. But what if it's not really something you're really interested in? So what can you do? I think, you know, there's a lot of online courses. You can learn some of the courses you might be interested and see if that's something you want to do. And another thing is there's a lot of meetups if you want to get into data science. So you can probably go to some of the data science meetup and talk to those people who work in those areas. What are the things they like about their job and what are the things they don't like about their jobs? And see if that's the area you want to get into. Yeah, I think another thing is you want to imagine yourself in that role and see is that something you want to do for the next 10, 15 years? And does that sound like something you really enjoy doing? If it's not, probably that's not the area you want to get into. I absolutely agree with what Carol said. I think that goes back to what I said earlier on um, a lot of senior engineers having many degrees that were not engineering. And I think many senior engineers would also admit that they didn't necessarily come through an engineering undergrad, but also learned along the way. Um, you find, hear all these stories of scientists who learned to code because they found it useful to processing their data. Or even uh, there's a few um, doctors from Harvard Medical School that I know that were learning Python on the side because it would help their work. And over time, people change their careers and they're able to do so many things. Yeah, I started off uh, in undergrad, I was like doing telecommunication engineering because that was the cool thing at that time. And then I ended up doing a grad uh, program in electrical engineering because I thought I wanted to 
code uh, for chips. <laughs> and so I did have some exposure to programming, but it was in the context of programming for hardware devices. Um, and then towards the last end of my semester, I wanted to do more, you know, actual uh, software coding. Um, and so there's, there's, I do, I do at various times see the gap because I didn't study the more traditional courses like algorithms and data structures, but you know what, the main times that I feel it is when someone's talking about very textbook, uh, situations, um, or textbook examples, but not, I don't feel it on a day-to-day -day at work. So if you're, you know, learning, uh, programming and coding, um, with a more real world scenario of what one would do at work. Uh, don't worry too much about not getting the specifics from, you know, what you would get from a textbook. Zendesk SVP of product management, Shauna Wolverton, who is formerly the chief product officer at Planet and senior vice president at Salesforce, described her own unconventional tech journey during our recent Elevate conference. Coming out um, of, of school with my fantastic degree in Russian studies and political science didn't set me up for anything really obvious. And it took, um, quite a bit of experimentation, uh, and curiosity. And I think that early curiosity is what has also kind of driven a whole bunch of my career, a strong desire to learn new things and an absolute hatred of being bored. My career was clearly not a straight line. Um, I, uh, I did start out uh, as a localization project manager. You can see I, I did that job three times in my career, sort of moving on from it, finding myself in a position uh, where it was skills I needed to rely on to kind of go back into uh, the job market when things had changed. Uh, I certainly didn't expect uh, to learn much that would help me in my career, uh, taking that nine-month apprenticeship as a handbag uh, manufacturer with an Hermes train designer. But my goodness, did I learn a tremendous amount about uh, human nature, about uh, satisfying the wants and needs of customers in a way that uh, I don't think any other technology job would have given me. What can we take away from what Shauna shared? I like how in her slide it said, um, which she actually didn't call out, but in her slide it said, think about everything you would miss if your career was a straight line that went up and to the right. Um, and I like how she talked about what she learned from being a handbag making apprentice that she thinks she may not have gotten from a tech uh, role uh, where she learned a lot about pleasing the customer and understanding people and what they want without them necessarily always calling it out. That was really fascinating to me. I like Shauna's um, long view. She's able to, you know, now that she's very much, you know, entrenched in like Decuser career, look back and connect the dots and it makes a very fun, you know, not a straight line. Um, I think it definitely things make sense after a decade or two, but it takes that much time for you to make a lot of moves. And um, I think if you're unhappy at, at the short point, um, just know that if you keep 
nudging forward and trying different projects and teams and jobs, you will find 10, 15, 20 years later that there was some sense there only when you look back, but no one could have predicted where they are now 20 years ago. So um, if anything, I think it's just when I saw that chart, it made me think that we should all be a little more forgiving on ourselves day to day um, because it's only in hindsight and after a long time that you see the dots connect and then you're like, oh, this all makes sense now. But in the beginning, um, it's definitely a lot of just taking on projects and jobs that are interesting, that gives you different experiences. So like there were things I looked at um, recently. I was like, oh, I remember when I was an intern for the the Taipei Zoo. And I remember when I worked um, as a web designer and then I got promoted to marketing. So then I learned that was you know, potentially good at marketing. Um, and then I learned uh, that when people want to hire you for this and that and give you money to do, like, for example, building websites, I was like, oh, that's a marketable skill. And I didn't never thought of that because I was a social welfare major. So I never considered these things. But I think being open to um, feedback and the long, the long haul is where we're going to see the success. Yeah, I really like this idea of thinking about how things in your experience, even if they're not directly related to tech, they can still be really valuable in your tech career. So it's not like you have this life before tech and this life after and everything you learned before is useless. There are things yeah, like Shauna mentioned about how to work with customers that can be really helpful to apply. I agree with you completely. There was something I heard recently I wanted to share. It was um, there was a woman I met who got her job at a Stripe Girl Geek Dinner. And she mentioned that she had just finished um, a boot camp for data science called Galvanize. And she was interviewing um, because she had met a speaker um, at the Stripe Girl Geek Dinner. And then she had coffee with the speaker afterwards. And then during this coffee with the speaker, who's an engineer at Stripe, she asked, um, "Are you, do you have any internships available for data science? And she was then referred to the manager of data science. And he said, um, we have no internships for this reason, but... I am, you know, hiring, so why don't you give me a resume? And then she interviewed and got the job. But I think when I heard her give this this story, which was very interesting because she didn't go through a recruiter. She went through, you know, talking to a speaker at a girl geek dinner. She also pointed out that she, the way she talked about herself was very interesting to me because she didn't say, um, this is my first year. She said, I have a decade of experience. And I also know that she has a decade of experience as an investment trader or in banking and finance, but she easily saw that this was a decade of experience and she was able to demonstrate her management and leadership um, skills to, you know, the hiring committee. And so even though she was technically a pretty a new, a newcomer to quote tech, she had a lot of transferable skills and her ability to demonstrate that uh, so that, she was not a newbie, but, you know, a very senior um, person. I think that was very impressive and um, and glad that she got hired at Stripe as a data scientist as a result. So I was very thrilled to hear that. Yeah, that's that's really awesome that she looked at her career as a whole. And basically, that's what you want people to look at. But I do find that we're always nervous to take on a change because we worry that we're going to be a beginner and we're going to have to take a step down. But you know, there's, there's that quote, your career growth is uh, not a ladder, it's a jungle gym, right? There's various ways. Sometimes to take one giant step forward, you have to take two small steps backward. Um, and that 
that to me, like I've thought about that so many times when I've been given opportunities or when I've noticed opportunities that for now it may not feel like it's a step forward, but it's going to add up, you know, because it's the whole thing. It's cumulative, your whole career. So we had a woman speak at our Elevate conference, Rosie Sennett, who's a staff sales engineer at Splunk. And I, I really enjoyed her perspective on how to navigate your career path. I was a theater major. And then um, uh, at some point, you know, sort of early on in my 20s, I, I went to, um, I was continuing ed at Burke College. And so I learned COBOL and, um, and um, uh, BAL, so uh, assembly, you know, assembler language on a on mainframe right after they, they, I think we even saw them taking the punch card machines out and putting in the brand new things. And, and then I got a, a job doing support at um, information builders and never looked back. But then I would, you know, fill in training because, you know, when you're working in the industry, you, you can take training classes. And so I would learn something interesting. I would taught myself operating systems and things like that and scripting and languages and then you're like oh yeah let me take a linux class and then you you learn what an acronym oh that's how you pronounce that okay no um and then you fill it in you know and as you go you don't even realize how much you learned and how you how much you really really know because you're actually using it and it's you know in the end i mean as i have you know i'm this sort of female version of a gray beard right so as the years go by you realize you know you know 10 20 times more than anybody might come straight out of school it's kind of the needle flows so um uh, life experience begins to overshadow um what you're you know handed straight out of a program right and you really do need to apply life experience to it and it, it, there's a there's a, a balance to it um, so, you know, 30 years later, does it matter that I had a theater degree? Probably not. What do you think about Rosie's advice? I think Rosie's energy was amazing in how she approached learning. Like she was like, I had a theater major and yet I continued to take classes over the decades and learn this and learn that. And I've seen, um, you know, a lot of other people take classes, go back to school take a nonlinear path, find so many different ways of learning from online learning, community college classes, boot camps, programs, um, independent studies, um, that the energy is what I took away from Rosie. Um, I know sometimes we think about, you know, when people talk about working in tech, they mention a lot about the long hours you spend making sure you're on the cutting edge of technology because it changes so quickly. Um, and sure, that's the case, but she approaches it with such enthusiasm that it kind of really inspires me. So, Grutha, I remember when you talked about staying up to date, it seems to be a challenge for some people. Um, do you, Is it something that gives you stress? I mean, yeah, like anytime we're uncomfortable, it, do, it does get stressful, right? And anytime we're uncomfortable is when we're actually learning. So for sure, um, it does get a little stressful, but just 
you know you can keep many goals like um uh, rosie was saying stay relevant you can subscribe to journals um mailing lists and keep up to date you don't have to go in and sign up for a bootcamp every single time so that you know every time you're updating yourself it's just that delta you're updating for as long as you stay you know fresh um in your knowledge but generally i i i do feel like uh regardless of your entry into tech you know this is something you need to do i do feel like we we overthink it and we think oh you know what i'm never going to get to that point i don't i don't think that's true i feel like talent can be very limiting but hard work has no limits so you just have to look back and see what's worked for you in the past and try to replicate that in terms of you know growing and learning uh i found that that's really helped me I know when I started working with Angie on Girl Geek Dinners, I didn't come into it thinking that it was going to help me career-wise. But now when I look back, I learn how much it's helped me, just the extracurricular aspect of it that I thought I was just keeping my evenings um, occupied, how it ended up putting me in a situation where I was learning consistently. And the kind of learning doesn't necessarily have to be from a course or from a textbook. It, you know meeting new people learning what other companies are doing what technologies they are investing in all of that is a lot of learning one thing that we haven't mentioned that i think is really important to think about when you're looking at unconventional journeys there's a quote a uh, comparison is the thief of joy i think a lot of people even describing their journey as unconventional it's because they have this idea of how a tech career is supposed to look which is based on other people that they're watching Yeah, it doesn't make sense to try to compare your journey to someone else's just knowing how your experience can bring such a different perspective on tech for you and there's no one path. Yeah, don't try to look at what other people are doing for any sign of how things need to be. That's absolutely true. I think what's most exciting is how we keep pushing on the borders um of you know tech and new tech where suddenly i find that every 5 years there's new job titles there you know this data scientist role that we find very common now was really new 5 10 years ago um and recently i was um looking at linkedin and there were these um people who were standing at a talent brand conference and i was like oh my god that day has come where talent brand is something that we have conferences about <laughs> and the women the two women that were standing in front of this this you know board I was like they are going to be like you know showing people the way and they're going to carve out this huge industry and more jobs around um helping their employer build the brand and so I was really impressed how like it seems like we're always creating new categories for ourselves and new roles like 10 15 years ago I don't think there was nearly as many inclusion and diversity jobs as there are today and there's just so many roles that we can create for ourselves that don't necessarily look like anyone else's or is going to be the next thing. So I think it's important for us to like look ahead cuz everyone's looking ahead at what's what's there and the traditional job titles are pretty simple. So it's really about creating your own your own path that's right for you. Yeah, and don't be afraid to try something different um just because it looks like a challenge, courage is a muscle. The more you use it, you know, it'll get better. So, thanks everyone for tuning into this episode of the Girl Geek X podcast. We'll be back soon with more advice from women in tech. This podcast is produced by me, Rachel Jones. 
To learn more about Girl Geek X or buy tickets to our next dinner, visit girlgeek.io. You can also find videos and transcripts from the events we talked about today. If you're interested in hosting a Girl Geek dinner, email sponsors at girlgeek.io. This podcast was sponsored by GroundTruth, the leading global technology platform driving, driving in store visits and sales by leveraging location as a primary source of intent.